Good morning, Four Oaks. It is Wednesday, September. Oh, let's check it out. Yep, 6th. So glad that you've joined us for this round of our pastoral devotionals. This week, we are working through a major section in Matthew's gospel, and we're taking it as one big chunk because there are several themes that, that Matthew is wanting to weave into these stories that relate them that we would kind of lose if we broke them apart, okay? So let me read the text and circle back around to where we left off yesterday. So a little longer passage, three different episodes. So this is Matthew 9, verse 18. While he was saying these things to them, behold, a ruler came in and knelt before him saying, my daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her and she will live. And Jesus rose and followed him with his disciples. And behold, a woman who had suffered from a discharge of blood for 12 years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment, for she said to herself, if only I touch his garment, I will be made well. Jesus turned and seeing her, he said, take heart, daughter, your faith has made you well. And instantly the woman was made well. And when Jesus came to the ruler's house and saw the flute of players and the crowd making a commotion, he said, go away, for the girl is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But when the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took her by the hand, and the girl arose. And the report of this went through all that district. And as Jesus passed on from there, two blind men followed him, crying aloud, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he entered the house, the blind man, men came to him, and Jesus said to him, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it done to you. And their eyes were open, and Jesus sternly warned them, See that no one knows about it. But they went away and spread his fame throughout all the district. As they were going away, behold, a demon-possessed man who was mute was brought to him. And when the demon had been cast out, the mute man spoke. And the crowds marveled, saying, Never was anything like this seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said, He cast out demons by the prince of demons." So when we look through Matthew's gospel, we see many, many episodes of healing, right? Supernatural healing, uh, like we see in this passage, the, the lame walk, the blind see, demons are exercised, they're, they're cast out. Uh, we're going to see um, Jesus feeding the 5,000. There's just Jesus walking on the water. There's just miracle upon miracle upon miracle. And, and Matthew's not just sharing these just to share them. He, in fact, is wanting to demonstrate for us that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is king over everything, over the physical world, over the spiritual world, over the natural world, over the human body, over sin, sickness, disease, the spirits, you, you name it. And so when we read through these different things, we have to ask, are there at times other themes that tie, tie these stories together? And I think in these three passages, which we're going to cover as a unit, one big sermon this coming Sunday, we do and see do indeed see a, a theme. Okay, and it's not the only theme. Okay, there's many themes all about physical healing and what it is and what it isn't, and et cetera, et cetera. And we've talked about some of those things already in 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 our preaching series through Matthew. But what we do see particularly here are the responses of faith and what we would call unfaith, right? And one of the things I ask you to do 
was to look at all the different characters or people in these episodes to see um, how they responded to Jesus, understanding that all of them were observing the same things. All of them were, were privy to the same information and the same miraculous healings, yet such a wide divergence okay, of, of responses. And so, so, so I ask you to do that. And so, so I want to start to dig into that. Um, the, the primary groups that we see okay, um, are, 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 are these groups. One, um, and, and there, there, there's, this is more implied, but obviously are the disciples, right? They're observing this. They're watching this. And as we know, not even all the disciples had the same response. Judas ended up falling away, okay? But, but explicitly, we see one group of people, these would the pe- be the people who are being healed, who are coming to Jesus, who are expressing their need and they're, and they're, they're coming to him. There's a second group of people, and we might call this group uh, the scoffers, okay? So, for example, the, the, the mourners that are here, um, when Jesus says he's come to heal this woman, this girl, she's not dead, she's sleeping, they, they kind of mock him, they, they laugh. We even, and it, we even see th- this response of unbelief um, clearly, of course, in the, in the um, example of the Pharisees, right? Uh, the Pharisees, um, in fact, go so far to say, well, we're not denying the miracle, we're, just den- we're denying the way that the miracle happened. And on what basis? And then finally, we see um, a a group of people that we might just call the crowds. And oftentimes, these crowds are astonished. They're amazed. But we're not necessarily told whether they exercised faith or not. And I think that's the point. Part of what Matthew wants us to do is not simply to see who Jesus is, although that's primary, he also wants to see us, wants us to see ourselves in the passage and to understand who we are. So, so let me let, let me start. Okay, um, today we're going to talk about the people who were healed. Tomorrow we'll talk about the Pharisees or the scoffers, and then lastly we'll talk about the crowds. But one of the things that is very common here, and I've said this before about the healings of Jesus, that oftentimes Jesus, for example will say things like, um, well, look down in verse 22. Jesus turned and seeing her, he said, take heart, daughter, your faith has made you well. Okay. Um, Other times, um, he might say, um, for example, let's look down about the healing the blind men. Do you believe that I'm able to do this? They said to him, yes, Lord. He says, according to your faith, be it done to you. Now, there's, there's two things happening simultaneously here, okay? One is that these people are, in fact, expressing a profound physical need. Absolutely. So there's a woman who's been bleeding for, for 12 years. You can imagine just how disruptive this was for her life. Um, she, you, you see these two blind men who were begging um, their whole lives in order to make a sustenance, Right? Um, these are people who have profound physical needs. Obviously, this ruler 
has a profound physical need. My daughter has died, okay? But, but what's interesting about this is that these are not simply people who are looking for physical healing, although they most certainly are looking for that. They also are people who happen to be profoundly aware of their spiritual need, that, that in fact, um, all the available remedies to them have not, have not accomplished anything. But in fact, they are coming to Jesus with the firm belief that he in fact could heal them. Why did they think that about Jesus? Well, because not only had he done it before, but they very much sense that this man has a unique authority. It says, okay, go back here. Um, look at verse 33. Never was anything like this seen in Israel. So Israel had seen signs before, right? Um, whether it's Elijah or Moses, but signs don't necessarily yield faith or belief, okay? But for these people, it did. And that's because they were able to see past the miracle to the man. They were able to see the person of Jesus. And so what Matthew is telling us is that their profound physical need gave them the opportunity um, or, or, or provided a gateway into which they could express their spiritual need to Christ. And so to just one little application point here that's important to remember Oftentimes, we view sin, disease, death, illness as, as bad, and, and they are, okay? They absolutely are because they're a part of a broken world, a fallen world, a sinful world. Um, at the same time, we can see very much how God is using, and I'm going to use this word, orchestrate the sufferings and illnesses of people in order to bring glory to himself, and in fact, in order to bring those people to faith, Okay? And, and here we see this, that, that, that this woman who was bleeding for 12 years had a profound sense of her spiritual need. These blind men had a profound sense of their spiritual need. This ruler had a profound sense of his spiritual need because they were all suffering. They were all in a place of, of, of hurt, of torment, of grief. And remember what C.S. Lewis says, it is in pain that God shouts the most loudly to us. And that seems to be the occasion here. And so one of the things we, we, we want to draw from this is that God oftentimes uses the portal of pain to get at our hearts. It's not that he doesn't care about our physical pain. He most certainly does, and he can heal, but sometimes he doesn't. The most important thing is, are we seeking Jesus? Do we find Jesus in the midst of that? And so very much, um, Matthew is wanting to highlight these episodes of healing to show not only that Jesus can heal, but in fact that he uses all events in our life, even the bad ones, even the sinful ones, even the sick ones, to show us our need for him and to draw us to himself. So, so Maybe a question here is, where in your life do you need to be reminded that God is the orchestra even behind the music that you may not like that's going on in your life? There's beautiful music. There's music that it's harder to see the beauty. But yet, Matthew would tell us God is the orchestra leader. He was the composer 
of all kinds to show us himself. All right, tomorrow, Thursday, we'll look at the Pharisees and the scoffers and what we learn about their hearts from the way they respond to Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, again, we ask that you would continue to show us our need for you. And Lord, where there is suffering, where there is illness, where there is pain, we pray for your healing hand. We pray for your kingdom to come, but recognizing those things are just a down payment, a deposit on the eternal weight, the eternal hope of glory that we all have in Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day.